Metal RPG. I'm Richie Buzzkill, and today I've got an esteemed guest that we have not had on before. Uh, he is a man of many shows. <laughs> Ross from Roleplaying Public Radio and Ludonarrative Narrative Distance is mm-hmm. here with me. We're going to talk about one D and D. Hi, Ross. How you doing? Hey, it's Ross Payton with Roleplaying Public Radio. Uh, yeah, I, I'm. Uh, an- Ross Payton and I uh, created and run role-playing public radio and RPP Actual Play, which is the actual play, a uh, weekly actual play podcast I do, but they're both RPPR. RPPR is discussion, interviews, and that kind of thing uh, about RPGs. And uh, Letter Narrative Dissidence is done with Greg Stolze and James Walls, both esteemed RPG designers. And each episode, we review one RPG in great detail or, or type of game mechanic. Uh, like initiative systems or or card based mechanics and that kind of thing. Um, season one's available on Anchor.fm and like uh, season two we're working on right now. So um, yeah, I also do a haunted re- music review podcast called Nightclerk Radio. If you want to he- learn about vaporwave, dark ambient, other weird genres of music. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I do podcasts. Uh, I like podcasting and RPGs. It turns out so yeah. Well, I'm gonna to have to pick your brain about some vaporwave. I need Great. I need some music. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> um, but we were we were uh, so I'm I was kind of doing a um, a little Patreon creator get together thing for Patreon, and uh, mm-hmm. Ro- Ro- Ross and I Ross joined up, and we were talking about RPGs. But then we the one D and D announcement hit up, which if you don't know is kind of the sixth edition of the world's most famous role-playing game uh, or the 10th edition, depending on how you're counting uh, <laughs> or the final edition or, or that be, we're beyond editions edition, mm-hmm. which we will, we'll, yeah. we'll get into that later, but mm-hmm. they released the first play test document for yeah. it, which is a very limited, like cr- barely creating. I mean, it's just getting your background and, and, I want to say legacy, your your ancestry sorted out because they keep using, mm-hmm. and we'll get into why I don't want to use the word they use, <laughs> maybe just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a very it's it. There's some interesting stuff here, and there's some like, well, I guess we're doing this again stuff. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Ross, what what you know? What made you? Because you said you had a rant, but we'll get we'll probably yeah. get into this uh, when we get into it. Whenever we get there, it's natural. Yeah, I, <laughs> I remember. I remember the rant it was talking about, uh, which is um, basic. Yeah, so one D and D is coming out. They've announced it. It's supposed to get published in twenty twenty four. I think is their release. But they started doing the playtest stuff, and um, it seems that they're there's very little information about it. So there's a ton of speculation. I've seen a lot of like. YouTube videos like, oh, it means this. It means that. It's like, like oh, they're going to destroy virtual tabletops. It's like, well, they, they barely announced they're going to do a virtual tabletop and it's going to be an Unreal Engine. That's literally all they've announced as far as I can tell. Um, but my real brand is like the way they're doing this is 
one of the few things they did announce is that the only way to get a print and digital version of the game uh, is buying directly through them. So they're cutting out game stores and bookstores and all these other partners, which is uh, a really shitty thing to do. Um, oh, can I say shitty? I yes, absolutely. This okay, is okay. an explicit <laughs> podcast. And if you didn't yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. know that by now. <laughs> all right. Well, well, thanks for fucking telling me. Um, so the um, but the other thing is that they said digital. They didn't say PDF. They didn't say print plus PDF, which is the standard for all indie RPGs, right? Like a all offline file that you can keep on your computer and back up on your own. And, uh, but they're, they're doing D and D beyond, which is in the cloud. And so like, um, basically now that means you need a subscription and, or so you buy the book and then you have to log into a website to read the online version, which sounds fine and convenient. There are advantages to it, obviously, like you can read on your phone, your tablet, whatever, but like the disadvantage is, is like an X number of years, they're going to shut that server down. Like that's. Not an if, it's a win, right? right? Well, but this is this is how it is right now with fifth edition because you can't uh, buy a PDF of fifth edition now. There well, are that sucks of P- too. There are plenty yeah. of PDFs running around a fifth edition for yeah. reasons. Mm-hmm. Yo ho ho! But mm-hmm. uh, there is no PDF for fifth edition for sale now. Fifth edition came out in 2014. Yes, we're old. Yes, we're going to die soon. Uh, this will be the first edition I think that has lasted a full 10 years Um, depends on how you define them depends on how you define it clearly yeah Um, but yes it is weird to me that you wouldn't just make that an SRD that could be you know like and it's the world's most popular game. There will be people that will do the work wizards won't well, do. RPG, not 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 the most popular game. Let's be fair; that's probably Fortnite or Minecraft. But like, <laughs> yeah, okay, sorry, popular yeah. RPG. But there will be yeah. people that will do the job if Wizards not mm-hmm. is going not going to do it. So they should really think about that for a minute. But hey, you know. Mm-hmm. But as long as they're still selling physical copies. Now, I would have actually guessed that they weren't going to do a physical version because that's the direction they're going for, uh, trying to go for magic. And so this is the way that you're always up to date as long as you are on our website. I mean, that's what they want, right? Because, like, there's such cost, but, like, the market's never going to support that. Like, people want their thing. Like, that's, that's a generational thing. Maybe 20 years from now, maybe 40 years from now. But I just don't see it happening with people who grew up with physical books and cards, they're just not going to like want, they're not going to give that up. Like um, it's different for a game than it is with like, cause I mean, I can see there also that they want to do because like that, that did happen with movies, right? Like we gave up VHS tapes and DVDs uh, for streaming. And so they think, well, we, well, we can do the same thing. Yeah. But the difference is, is like games are a physical tactile thing. Like you touch them, you hold them when you do the thing, when you play the game um that does that doesn't go away when you like, like doing it on a laptop with your friends is not the same as like with a book that you can get pizza stains on and like uh, the cheeto dust s- has to go on the cheeto book. yes the exactly cheeto dust yeah. has to be on the, but like and I've, i i had a rant about this the other day and i bought mm-hmm. a tablet specifically because i have like 400 pdfs so i need mm-hmm. something to view them other than the computer screen but a PDF reader or a app or whatever is, it's mm-hmm. a distraction. It is a distraction. When you're trying to be around in person, you're around the table. It is mm-hmm. a distraction. 
I don't care what it is. And there's plenty of distractions in every environment. And it's, mm-hmm. it makes it harder to concentrate. Where yeah. And I feel like the other part of this is unless they do amazing search and linking and all that stuff embedded, it will... And this is possible where the way they're doing it, where PDF, I feel like, is super slow. And finding anything in a PDF is, like, way harder than it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's slower than just flipping through a book. Like, I can speed read a book like this, right? I can, mm-hmm. like, literally, like, tenths of a second, I can load pages where... It's yeah, and you can put bookmarks and yeah. post post-it notes and stuff like that. Like, right. yeah, cross because the RPGs are technical manuals, right? Like, right. you need to cross-reference shit and like, um, yeah, like yeah, there the and there are I have seen some RPG PDFs that are amazingly well done, um, with the cross-linking, the hyperlinking, and and the the, the cross-reference and stuff like that. Like, Unknown Army Third Edition was really good. Um, yeah, there's one example at the top of my head. There are better ones, but I can't think. I, I don't want to. Like right. go to my massive PDF collection and look for them, but like yeah. But if you don't know the word you're looking mm-hmm. for, <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't know what you're looking for. You kind of yeah. have to go off context clues with a yeah. good layout that's easier to do, and and that's where like loading pages quickly kind of comes in handy, right? Is is mm-hmm. I can flip through the book and go, oh, here is the grappling rules, which you should if you've got grappling rules which there is grappling rules in here which boggles my mind to have it <laughs> i thought we had settled that grappling rules were unnecessary <laughs> i don't think dnd is ever going to get rid of grappling rules i mean well I they had that... a very simple grappling system in fifth edition yeah. and i forget now but it this is more complicated so <laughs> well yeah well i mean it's still probably a lot's going to change uh i would imagine based on feedback well um, the, now I was involved in doing some of the fifth edition uh, mm-hmm. playtesting, and pretty much everybody, every playtester's feedback, <clears throat> like I've heard afterwards, mm-hmm. is they just basically ignored anything they said. Like no one, no yeah. one got anything they wanted. <laughs> yeah, actually, I do remember uh, about that because I remember like um, back in the like yeah the twenty fourteen like they're doing the playtest. Um, the Penny Arcade guys were playing fourth ed D&D as, with Wizards of the Coast. That was like a big thing. They're plugging D&D through their uh, Acquisitions Incorporated or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they did this play test with Mike Merles. And like one of the Penny Arcade guys is like, I'm a warlord and I and uh, or I'm playing a cleric or a cleric. And I love that I can do more than just be a healer now. I love that I have range deals and I can do this other stuff. That's how it's going to be in fifth ed, right? And Mike Merles like... Like backtrack in the play test, like, uh, yeah, sure. And that's why they added like healing word in and shit like that, because um, they were going to go back to the third ed cleric version, basically, which is just a heal bot. Um, and because they didn't like Mike Merles hate hated fourth edition as is, and so he that's why they, you know, the 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 reason why fourth edition, yeah, uh, is so controversial. Yeah, that's all separate thing, but like um i i see your point yeah they they may not change much they they may just be doing this as a marketing thing and and as lambasted as mike merles is for good Mm -hmm. reasons uh he he actually had the same taste that everybody else is and that's why he was a good developer for fifth edition because there Mm. was not as many fans of fourth edition (laughs) i'm one of them i fourth edition is the one i played the most Um, okay okay yeah uh i mean each their own yeah yeah yeah. um i know i'm not saying it was perfect like i i do have criticism for that but my 
main criticism. Yeah, we'll get into that later. But like, yeah, I I like I I played a lot of third ed too. I wrote for I wrote third party third ed stuff like for Goodman Games and stuff right. like that. So I like played um, plenty of third yeah. ed. Right, third ed mm-hmm. was like I feel like it was the dividing line between new and old school but i mean for me that's why i didn't get into fifth ed like i played a couple one shots of it is like after playing so much of third ed playing a ton of fourth ed and then like when i saw fifth ed it's like i just was third ed again like i I just i don't care i don't i'm burned out on dnd at this point i'm not i i just lost interest in it because it just read like third uh uh, you know 3.75 to me it didn't read like fifth edition it didn't like they didn't advance the rules they went back um that's how it read to me was well, so. it like a streamlined third edition? Because I think that was my yeah. criticism with third edition. It was it was too complicated for what it was trying to do, mm. and, and that's why fifth edition I think is a is great because it's a better I, of D and D editions. I think it is the most infinitely playable. You mm-hmm. won't you don't tend to run it, but it does have it's got some very sh- soft edges on some stuff. Mm-hmm. Um dying and uh and and the the fact that feats are optional means that your character class your characters are less customizable mm-hmm. there's less depth to the uh to this and in the playtest document there is uh feats are back and they're mm-hmm. not optional like one of the human uh one of the human racial traits uh, legacy traits ancestry traits whatever you want to call them because mm-hmm. they keep using the word race and i don't think they should nope. uh is you get a feat right away at first mm-hmm. level as a human mm-hmm. so and they're not crazy like they were in third edition or at least the the sample ones are like they're well uh, yeah i mean i looked at it and i thought it was a bad sign that they put tough back in as a feat because tough is like like the word like it's sort of emblematic to me of like design mistakes they made in third act like that they had like tough was such a like it was such a bad choice it was a trap choice right like you've made it and you made it you you just basically wasted a feat because plus two hit points is worthless it's not like a, a goblin does more than two hit points on a cat a house cat does more than two points of damage so like it, what's the point of that feat when you could go first like with improved initiative or improve your spells or do any number of other things other than like literally even skill focus was better in third ed because you could literally be better at sneaking or using magic devices and that would actually might make a difference but um now they literally put it back in in a play test it's like that there's better ways you could even implement that idea like the idea is like oh we'll give weaker characters a chance to survive yeah but two hit points isn't going to cut it like let them give them a chance to to uh, uh there's so many better ways he could have made tough a worthwhile feat but like plus two hit points isn't it yeah, so, yeah. i i think i i think they're yeah they're a little weaker and like fifth edition mm-hmm. feats like all came with like the, or at least the good ones all came with like stat bumps and i think mm. that's what they were they were you were trading the feet for the stat increase and you would get more stats and inc- stat increase plus a thing right and that's why they were optional because i think people felt they were too powerful. Uh, okay yeah, yeah. Uh, but these seem to be like some of the i mean you're right some of them are interesting some of them are not like tough is the crappy one like and, and this will and go- it doesn't even and tough doesn't even improve your constitution right so like what it's like you have other feats that improve your stats why not like it's called tough 
Constitution is about toughness. Like, come on. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny? I was just thinking about this is like the, the yes, the feats are kind of here and there and it's a mixed bag. But I was just looking at the um, backgrounds, it, which is the background is where you get your stat increase. Like your, your ancestry, you don't get stat increases anymore. Or at least in mm-hmm. this document, there's no stat increases. Uh, okay, okay. You just get... Uh, uh abilities like powers like you can get mm-hmm. spells or it's a couple different it's a it's a mixed bag of a bunch of different like yeah special abilities yeah i'm like I, I pulled it up i pulled up right the thing. Yeah, yeah. but th- what what the backgrounds now remind me of is it it, it it delights my second edition heart just ever so slightly is it's <laughs> almost a kit mm-hmm. it's yeah. almost a kit that that like you would apply to anything and then that's where you get your stat bump and some skill proficiencies and so in mm-hmm. extra civilian equipment. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, well, and I, if I was doing this sort of thing, like I would get, uh, I would say you, your character can look however you like. Here's examples of the characters looking however they like. Mm-hmm. And then you're, you grew up in a city and yeah. you are a sage. Yeah, and that—that's where you get your abilities and your non-class stuff is from those two places. But and that, yeah, that's a preview of later. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, like, and just looking at feats, like, um, like I think, like they should all, like, a basic thing should be they should all be viable. There should be no trap feats. They should all be equal, like not equally powerful, but like have some use. And like compare tough, get plus two hit points, plus one. Uh, oh, uh, hit points equal to twice your character level when you gain this feat. Then when you gain a level there after your hit point go up by additional hit to it. So at level one you get two hit points. At level two you get if you get well whenever you got it. So but it's still not many hit points compared. Compare this to lucky. You have luck <laughs> <Yes>. points equal <laughs> to proficiency points. Use it to get advantage after you roll a d twenty. Or give an enemy disadvantage. Like, holy shit, which is better than the other? You know, quick game design test. Which is which would you rather have as a player character? Lucky yeah. is clearly you you want to be a lucky uh uh a halfling so you can be God's favorite children. Yeah, but twice. anyone can take lucky. <laughs> no prerequisites. Uh so like, yeah, it's uh or magic initiate, literally get a spell. So uh, a first right. level spell. And so yeah. uh, which can be very useful, especially if you're a uh, martial class and you could have like a, you know, a healing spell to stabilize somebody or like any number. Just yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it, it is not it's not looking I'm not like feeling good about the initial playtest document. It's not. Yeah, no, it's yeah. a mess. Like it's yeah. a mess. I mean, like I kind of sort of like that it's a mess. Because if mm. it was just a slick, like slick as grease, like document, right? That there, mm-hmm. that you can then you could just feel that it's all set in stone already. Mm-hmm. It's sort of like that. Uh, did did you see that Marvel the the new Marvel game test play test yeah. document? Like I I I read articles about. It. I didn't buy it, but I like did, I've no, read, I didn't buy yeah, it either. But I was looking uh, at pages and uh, yeah, I saw some pages. Yeah, yeah. and it's like that. It, it, it looks terrible. First yep. of all. But second of all, it looks like it's all set in stone already. Like it's mm-hmm. it's laid out. It's got all the tables and, and it's got like balls of text and, you know, Marvel, good mm-hmm. Marvel images. But like 
it was it looked like it was a finished thing where this feels mm-hmm. like well these are some ideas we're toying with cool but mm-hmm. uh i mean i think the thing that probably is my favorite is the uh that you can build your own background. Like you're, it tells you mm-hmm. exactly the rules to build your own background. Yeah, that is good. I mean, I think that's the way that it should go in general. It's more of like, uh, like I guess a buffet. Here are some options you get. Pick out of these options, you know, like, yeah, like that kind of thing where you have more customized, where you can customize your character to your vision uh, uh, better than just, but also give some pre-built things for people who don't want it to customize. Right. Like, yeah. The, the yeah. standard ones, right. And then, you can build new ones. I feel like feats should have been like that. Mm-hmm. If you had made feats like that, where this, these are the rules for feats for the for the designers, even right? These are the rules to how to design a feat. It should do something in this area, right? It should. Yeah. It should that would have maybe called that would have maybe made those a bit more palatable because they're all yeah. over the place, just like yeah, they've that, always been. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about feats. Is like, what are they? They're not in any class abilities. They're not spells. They're not like, yeah, class or yeah. It's it feats have always been sort of like a catch all way to like add a bit of uh, a way to customize a character. But like, there's never been a really good definition of what a feat is and what a feat isn't. Yeah. Um, so you get you, so you, you get this range from tough to lucky. Like, and there's just like, yeah, it doesn't seem like they have any, they don't know what feat should be or shouldn't be. Um, right. And, so, that, and yeah. that's why I think they always feel weird. Mm-hmm. is that they don't understand what they're doing they're just trying to add more spice yeah. and more depth to the well, game but they don't understand yeah. that it should kind of like these are these kind of feats and these are these kind of feats mm-hmm. and they should be relatively you know there like, should be no bad yeah, yeah but like back in third edition when feats were introduced like the the people criticized it because they it was like, oh you're just ripping off diablo 2 you're just doing skill trees because like back in third ed, they had like feet chains, like get the, you know, get weapon specialization, then weapon mastery or greater weapon mastery. So you work it up and like you you, you specialize into one thing. So you could be a fighter who's really good at, you know, the great sword and nothing else. Or you could choose like be a jack of all trades fighter. And there was a way to like customize a character within a class. But like then they got rid of, uh, I guess, with fifth ed uh, pre uh, feet chains. I think that was the difference between third, third ed and fifth ed. So, right. but they're um, bringing them back because yeah. yeah. every oh. single one of these has prerequisite on it. That's true. And, yes. and uh, repeat repeatability and prerequisite. So whether you mm-hmm. can take it multiple times, which I don't think any of these you're allowed to take multiple times. Uh, skilled is it looks like. Okay, well that Ooh. makes sense, sort of. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And then you've you've got prerequisites which clearly would be a level or a previous feat or something that that's very easy to define and know why it's mm-hmm. not going to be that uh <laughs> it's going to be annoying is it's you're basically got oh, trees yeah. again but it does mm-hmm. add a depth back into the game that that i think a lot of people miss i think because uh, mm-hmm. realistically your choices are pretty fifth edition your choices are very straight ahead once mm-hmm. you hit third level like once mm. you hit third level, you've made your big choice. Unless you're going to go to another class, you're pretty yeah. much like I've got these, and there's no choices pretty much after that, which is See, fun, yeah. and that's kind of yeah. fun too. Is you're like, oh, this is where we're at, and you know, we're just doing this. And 
I don't have to worry yeah. about the rest of this. I don't have to like plan out my build for 20 levels like Pathfinder or whatever. Like, well, or a third ed, um, yeah, or, or 3.5. Cause yeah, that was chaos back then because it was all all the prestige classes and everything. And, and but like in fourth ed, they had like each class had like three paths, right? And you could choose which path you would go. So it was like too, way too many options for leveling up to like a few options, then to no options. So, um, okay, all right. I could see that. You see, I, I only played like one shots of it that I've never played a campaign of it because it just like I said, I was burned out on fifth. Ed, or, well, I mean, well, I was burned out on D&D by the time fifth ed rolled around. Like, fair again, enough. I, and if I had no. my if I had my druthers, I would be playing so, a lot of other stuff. But that's mm-hmm. just what some of my groups want to play. So, yeah, that's what we play. It's fine. And, yeah, yeah. and it's fine. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So like the. Yeah, that's the kind of like those I feel like those are choices they're playing around with and could change easily. Mm-hmm. The stuff that I feel like is maybe the worst and the majority of this book, this document is the the character races as they call mm-hmm. them, right? They were in Tasha's they they said, "Oh no, we're going to lineages. We're going to call it this. Your mm-hmm. lineages, you're an orc." And it, you could make your orc do whatever, right? Mm-hmm. In this, it kind of returns back to... Yeah, lineage is better. Like, I don't understand why they would switch back to that. Yeah, yeah, this is better, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the lineages. And then mm-hmm. going back to races, and, and this is where... And D&D's kind of got... Is this weird thing where there's not a setting, but there's this implied setting yeah to most of it where this document almost implies planescape which is an interesting choice mm-hmm. if you start looking at where the humans come from and it's like oh these are all planescape words which, yeah 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 like they have the ardlings which are like celestial kind of people with animal heads and stuff like that uh, yeah. So, yeah well the, the the ardlings is such an odd choice to be a default uh race uh in this mm-hmm. that like i was like well clearly somebody's going to want this but like what what struck me is there's like they use the word supernal mm-hmm. in there and i was like i had to go look it up and i was like i just got this wisp of gygaxian because like who uses the word supernal relating to the sky or heavens like that's not <laughs> it's, a, it's a pretty anachronistic word yeah it yeah it's pretty uh arcade yeah esoteric <laughs> but the, but the first the description is is like immortal animal people but somehow mm-hmm. they end up being only living for 200 years but it there's this like inconsistency with the kind of blurb versus the mm-hmm. stats and this kind of happens over and over again in all of them like some of the races are like oh i've got like a qu- half of a column of backstory like the mm-hmm. elf backstory is actually kind of fun because it's like, oh, they used to be changelings and then their God was like, and then they rebelled against their God with another God. And then they took the changeling away from them. And then they said, they're sorry. And then they get kicked out, but some of them didn't mm-hmm. say they're sorry. So where did those go? Like, that's cool. Right. But the mm-hmm. humans are like, oh, they're humans and they do their human things. They build stuff. They're short lived, blah, blah, blah. No mm-hmm. one cares. They're humans, right? I'm like, you can't. humans. <laughs> you know those assholes. Yeah, it's them. You're an yeah. asshole like them. So yeah, like, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but like, 
and and where it gets into kind of where the worst is is it mm-hmm. and it always lands back at the feet of the orcs and this is something that is every time they try to do orcs they fuck it up <laughs> yep, they do <laughs> and uh they no none of the other races they're like oh the orcs are no longer evil which Hooray. Mm-hmm. No longer yeah. standard or evil orcs. Great. Perfect. Yeah. But they're the only race that says, oh, th- they, they tell tales of when they fought the elves and the dwarves and and fought. E-, and then they add like is the last thing is like fought extra dimensional evil. Like they're the only race that gets mentioned like that mm-hmm. <laughs> in this document. And then yeah. and then it gets worse, because if you look at the the half races character and this is this was a big controversy on twitter or whatever which nobody should really know about because nobody should go on twitter but like basically they're like oh there's lots of these are wondrous pairings but there are lots of orc and elf half races it's like Mm -hmm. what are you implying here because yeah yeah. It's weird. It's really weird. And that was one of those things where like, what are you guys doing? Like, yeah. this is so easy. Just don't, <laughs> just don't fuck it up and have somebody fucking read the, I, yeah. I'm convinced that they do not have a sensitivity reader on I'd their employ. I'm they convinced. I, I, they, they, like, they've hired them in the past, but like, they've literally one of them, like, they had to make an apology to one of them because he what the they the the for one project because they weren't credited in the book they worked on. So like, um, yeah, exactly. So I think you know, Wizards of the Coast, for whatever reason, they're they're caught between, um, you know, a there is a element of the D and D fandom that's super toxic and grognardy and like reactionary. And I don't know how much they listen to them, but like, I don't know. They just don't know what they want. Like, yeah, there, there is this sort of like lack of direction. Uh, like it, you, they had a better thing uh, with lineages. That sounds, that sounds fine. A better idea for it. And they could have just used that, grafted that onto this one D and D, but yeah, I, I don't like it. And it just seems like a hot mess and I hope they fix it. But like um, it just, there's so many better ways of doing it. Yeah. They, they should have good sensitivity readers and like, uh, listen to them. <laughs> right. Well, like, I, I mean, they just had the, uh, the hampanzi, uh, controversy. Hadozi. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The Hadozi yeah, were from, are actually apparently from 1982 as a 1982 spell jammer book. Right. But they uh, made them worse even. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. Um, it, monkey people that were enslaved and gained uh, sapiens after being enslaved also here's one that looks like uh uh just coincidentally using racist imagery from the 19th century with you know minstrel stuff it's like oh boy yeah no that is yeah like any yeah (laughs) even i could tell like that's not that's not a good look um did no one read this doc like i'm convinced that no one other than the person that wrote it read either of those documents because I, like anybody yeah. anybody that reads this like yeah could be like you know i mean other than those those previously mentioned chuds well, right I, I, but I, like <laughs> well i think it's generational too i think if you're just like like i had to stay 
um like if you aren't doing like the work of like reading up on this stuff and staying current with like what's happening in indie rpg circles where like that's where i first heard about sensitivity and diversity readers and that kind of thing um if you don't hear about that stuff then it's easy to be out of the loop and not know that that's even a thing or like uh, or in not like an optional thing especially if you have the resources of wizard of the coast you can hire whoever you want um and like god it's just um i so i think it's just like the people in charge just are don't realize what they're doing or like they, they're just out of the loop like it's just but, being out of touch but know? like it they're on the internet they mm -hmm. see what's happening they they have lots of people they have hired very good people in the past who would tell them mm -hmm. exactly what to do like yeah they've for fifth edition they hired a raft of indie rp indie rpg mm -hmm. people and they're in the credits you can read all those people they all got well, i mean that that didn't work out too well they didn't them, work but, out too well for them either yeah, yeah like was, they did hire like, that that was zach s and the rpg budget right were. but they there were some other good mm -hmm. people in there they had yeah. you know, they, <laughs> oh of zach s yeah. why must you keep coming up like a bad penny uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like it's not hard as a corporation yeah. like i in day in day out at the corporation i work for because i work mm -hmm. for i i am a wage slave in a cubicle farm like mm -hmm. they talk about diversity every day they have mm -hmm. diversity and inclusion uh, uh seminars like every week every month talking about this stuff trying to figure it out mm -hmm. it's not like literally if you keep running into the same trouble maybe you should hire someone permanently as the person that's that's helping you with this mm -hmm. right or multiple people you could buy you could buy a team you could get a team mm -hmm. of people that do this and that's what they do is they read all your books and go this is a problem this is a problem but i think they're actually afraid of is figuring out that like alignment is terrible, like there that a lot of the race racist stuff, the a lot of the background. Oh, you're saying that the, that just too much of the D and D brand, right? Like, the too much be... of the D and D brand has been kind of <laughs> tainted over the years. Uh -huh. That they would have to change too much that it wouldn't work anymore. That that mm -hmm. that, that, but I feel like that's not the case. Like I play plenty of games where this is mm -hmm. not the problem. That D, D is not the best game like well, it does the thing yeah. but it's not you know <laughs> i mean that's the thing though is like because of this make a mistake with the how to z like um a lot of uh i've seen a lot of people on social media saying they're switching like to pathfinder second edition because pathfinder didn't make that problem and like, well uh, did, did I, they I, did I, they miss I, the bunga bunga land because that's, that's that's totally a thing. There's totally a not Africa that's really bad in Pathfinder. But <laughs> well, I don't know if that's I'm, been republished I'm, for two. I don't know if that's Pathfinder Second Edition. They republished that or not? Prob but. Probably not. I mean, like this is the new edition of Pathfinder. So like, um, I think a lot of like D and D uh, people. Like also, I think uh, there's just you know D and D Fifth Edition has been around for ten years, and this new edition isn't doing enough to distinguish itself from fifth head. Like, Oh, I think a lot of, some people are also going to be like, well, why should I buy this when fifth edition is basically the same? So like, well, and were... then like, I've been on uh, the other thing is also, I've been playing this game for 10 years now. And like, 
this looks like the same game I've been playing for 10 years. I'm just going to play something else because I've been playing for 10 years. Like, that's enough. So, yeah. Well, I think that there are people, they'll, they'll be in each of those camps. I think there are people that will continue to buy whatever the D&D is of the moment. Yeah. Because that's well, sure. what they want to play. But they needed the they needed to do numbers. They needed to be a success. And I don't know if they can get enough people on to make it success unless it offers something new. And like you know, that's actually something I just realized is like, if this is too much like Fifth Ed, then why should anyone buy it? Like, and and, and yeah. that's the problem Pathfinder had, right? Because yeah. Pathfinder tried to do a second edition. And it did not take off like first edition did because they didn't have the same. Well, they're still in playtesting, I thought. Um... No, second edition is out. I play uh, okay. it. It's a full game. They've got multiple releases. Okay. Uh, the problem is they their company is founded on literally like, we want to stay with that edition that you just abandoned. Mm-hmm. Right? So uh, that those people that like, no, this is the game I'm going to play forever. Right, that they've decided that this is their game. And yeah. when they went to a second edition, they changed it enough. Now I actually think they made it a much better game because I mm-hmm. just making character, I'm like, this is way easier and way better and mm. makes way more sense than the first edition ever did, three point five ever did. But I still think it it's not quite my taste, but it's better. Mm-hmm. Um capsule review of second edition Pathfinder. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> it, it, you, yes, they're going to run into that same problem. Every edition has, they're going to have, they're, we're going to reignite the edition wars. Mm-hmm. It's been a minute since we had those it, that mm-hmm. cooled down after five or six years. So we're going to have fifth edition, hardcore people. And then we're going to have one D and D people are like, Oh, we're new. We're going to run one D and D cool. Uh, you know, I, whatever you want to play, I think you're right from a from a corporate standpoint. Uh, from what I saw, that Hasbro is now a one is a D and D slash magic company with a toy hobby. Because yeah, I'd, I'd have to see the number. I mean, well, it's not even about that. It's it's all about the licenses, like licenses, uh, prop franchises, really properties, like. Um, you know, Hasbro, it's about what G.I. Joe and Barbie can do. You know, well, there's a bar. Yeah. The so. last earnings report, the, mm. the thing I read about it was, yeah, none of that mattered. Like they could mm-hmm. stop making toys tomorrow and it would not make a huge dent in their bottom line. Well, the, the thing is, they're going to do that, though, because they need to do that in order to keep the franchise, the intellectual property viable. I mean, I think it, it's it's sort of a this all sort of a, like symptoms of a broader corporate like um strategy or like like the the mindset is stop selling things you offer subscriptions right so people have to keep buying things forever you know adobe switched to that um everything switching to that so let, let's make D a subscription um and sure. like they keep making and the reason why they keep making toys is so people can keep be hooked on the ip the intellectual property of the barbie brand of the gi joe brand so they can make a barbie movie another gi joe video games the blah 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 all this other stuff um and like there's a D movie coming out next year um and so that's obviously going to do you know numbers for D D probably um, well i mean it, yeah. it depends i mean it, it looks more interesting than the last one but you you could you know bad movies did do damage brands so like yes all 
marketing is good good for you at some level but if you yeah. if you put a real stinker out then i think i mean i think it look it looks like they're really like borrowing a lot from like thor ragnarok and that kind of mm. mcu style movie so i think they're yeah. I, I i mean i don't know it might flop but i don't think it's going to be it's not going to be like the last one like obviously right. that one's it, that one's a cult classic that one's well great. there's <laughs> there's there was a sequel even it no oh remembers. yeah that's there right was yeah, a yeah, sequel, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was even worse uh, somehow, uh, yeah. but yeah, like just going back to the, like, there was mm-hmm. some weird choices. Like there, you can play a small size human mm-hmm. or, uh, what was the other one? Small size tiefling somehow. I, I don't know why. why well, yeah, you? because, well, I mean, because there are small size people like there well, are like, but the, yeah. the, the, the. Well, anyway, look. I think I think I think that's like a, like a diversity, like 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 there are literally small people, so like that makes sense. That's right. what, I'm fine with. But the yet, so the like. range of sizes was mm-hmm. actually of medium actually includes what the nominal size of those people are. But anyway, uh, yeah. So it's just inconsistent. It's so inconsistent and mm-hmm. kind of like why why do orcs have gray skin? I think that's worse. Orcs having gray skin is worse because mm. it's closer to something in the real world than green skin. Like, mm-hmm. like what, what are you trying to make them legally distinct from something, but try that actually but, may be it. Like they but, probably don't want to go brush up against Warhammer works. Well, but so. Warhammer has orcs with a K. So they're, Look, I'm not an intellectual property lawyer. I'm just like Warhammer did change everything from like Space Marine to Astartes for a reason. And it wasn't because it just sounded cooler. It's because Astartes is something they could trademark and copyright. Um, Um, But yeah, yeah. it it was it just there's this weird inconsistency where they're trying to apply an implied Mm -hmm. world. But they're pull there. Some of them yeah. work, and some of them don't. Some of the mention gods, some of them don't. Like, I mean, that's like, just been D and D, though. Like, the, at is, least the core books. Yeah. But like, I think you know, you could at least in a document like this, at least have the same amount of work in each <laughs> in each yeah. thing, right? Um, but it's rough and ready. I I just yeah, think yeah. that they're the the really the orcs just like. Guys, if you can't do it right, just stop. Like, <laughs> you don't need to do it. I mean, they can't, like, they can't stop. That, that's the whole thing about, like, they got to they gotta keep making product. Well, man. yeah, but they don't yeah. have to include things that yeah. get them in yeah, trouble. Yeah, they could have, like, they could have taken the, stuff, the lineage stuff from Tasha's, like you're saying. Like, they should have just done that. But like, Yeah, just put lineages uh, in. Yep. Make, give them but that's a, not a new fresh people already well people you, already you bought that a fresh so. coat of paint on the lineages by yeah, yeah, mixing yeah. up what how you could something you could. right yeah and um i i do want to well at some point i do want to get into what i would do with the indie but, oh well, um, well we've got a question about that from a patron yeah, so we'll yeah. get to that after okay. i rant about okay, their, okay, the yeah. second half of yeah, yeah. this announcement which mm. was they're going to do a virtual tabletop announcement. Now, mm-hmm. everybody was like, why haven't you done a virtual tabletop by now? Right. Cause it's been, you know, it's been longer than 10 years since roll 20. Like I kickstarted the original roll 20 back in the day, like, mm-hmm. like forever ago. But then they bought D and D beyond, which everybody mm-hmm. thought they already owned. <laughs> that was, that was a shock. It was like, wait, they don't already own that. I thought that that was their like thing. Um, yeah. But 
they're going to do a 3D virtual tabletop, and they've said, we're going to use the Unreal Engine, which is default. You can buy licenses for Unreal to do yeah. anything, right? That's easy. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I think, and, and as someone who has tried a lot of virtual tabletops, I mean, a mm-hmm. lot. I have, like, too many virtual tabletops because I still am trying to find a replacement for Roll20. Every time I try a three-dimensional virtual tabletop it is infinitely worse Mm-hmm. than a two-dimensional virtual tabletop building uh building levels uh because mm-hmm. that's what you're doing you're basically building a game level like yeah uh all of that is infinitely worse when you're dealing with a three-dimensional well sure and i'm a person that uses computer drafting all day long <laughs> sure <laughs> i deal in 3d all day i cannot imagine if someone who is not in that headspace to design a level to play in, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're like, oh, we'll sell you the levels to play in for the module you bought from us. Like, sure, sure, but that's not how D&D works. D&D has that, but it also, you can extend anything in any direction, right? It mm-hmm. is the infinite world that you can only dream of having in right. a video game. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to really say much about the D and D virtual table until they actually announce some details. Uh, cause they really haven't like, I, I mean, I think their game plan again is to make in their broad plan is to make D and D subscription thing that you have to be paying every month to have D and D. And that includes all the books and the virtual tabletop and all the little things and get cosmetics for your characters oh, and God. blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Yeah. So like. I think that's their game plan. I don't know how well they're able to do that because I think there are some real questions of the competency of the D and D team uh, in play here. Um, you know, just unforced errors as we, we were just talking about for most of this hour. Um, yeah. I mean, personally, I don't use virtual tabletops that much except for like, you know, in, unless you count discord as a virtual tabletop uh, with maybe screen share uh, because uh, yeah, theater of the mind. I, and also I don't really run D and D I run like horror games and, indie rpgs and stuff like that so like uh i don't really i mean i just don't have the brain space like for me and my group i know like we're in general virtual tabletops are like even if i learn how to use the fucking thing my players aren't especially the complicated ones so like um that's why i haven't run like complex games like lancer on a virtual tabletop because it's just it's just too much work um so yeah i i don't know i'm not holding my breath on it but like I'm not going to like condemn them until I actually see the actual details for it. Like, I think we need to wait for them to actually announce what, what the actual deal is and what the actual final product's going to be. So, and they just haven't announced it yet. Like this is, we've only gotten like a 21 page PDF out of them so far and it's not great, but it's not terrible. So like, yeah, sure. And I, 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 I understand what you're saying, but I'm mm. just, I, my, I cannot get through the idea that a three dimension. It, it's just it's well. That's a, the it's thing. Another... You're not going to design the levels. I can tell you. I mean, because they're doing Unreal Engine, maybe we can do a little bit of speculation. Say, like, the idea is, well, you could design it, but don't you just want to buy this thing we already did for you? Just buy this dungeon. Buy this dungeon, bro. You can run just dungeon in 3D, and it looks really cool. Well, and you I mean, get these cosmetics, and like, you, yeah, you have things like uh, level creators for video games now, yeah. right? So you have de- it's more of a dev software than a 
player facing yeah. software and you can yeah, yeah. do do it that way and you basically would like load it i'm sure they'd be like oh you load it in the marketplace and you can set your own price and then you can either sell for free, you know, or whatever, right? Like DMs Guild. Like know. DMs Guild. You put it on DMs Maybe. Guild and then it is all possible, but it still is that thing that I always talk about, which is it's limiting what you can do. Mm-hmm. Even on a 2D, it, 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 it sort of limits like, oh, wait, there's a secret passage here. Like I, I can just draw that on the map or on the virtual tabletop. I can just be like, there's a secret passage here. You can go through, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's why I am just like stuck on it because I just think that they're, they're, <laughs> The advantage of a tabletop role-playing game is you can do anything with it, yeah. right? Yeah. But if you start putting in the computer, the virtual tabletop is a limitation. I will I will, sure. I will fully admit that even a 2D one is a limitation. Sure. Uh, but if you start corralling it even further, like, why am I not just playing, like, Baldur's Gate or Neverwinter Nights or right. whatever? Whatever the right. current flavor of video game that oh, well, they did it. just release a new Baldur's Gate like this year, I think. So yeah, right. Well, yeah. they they I, yeah, like let's play multiplayer Baldur's Gate, and like we'll just hang out and like eat popcorn and like let the computer be the game master and like yeah, right, yeah. You like, know, they, like at at the core, D and D is a tabletop role playing game. It is like it if you keep adding digital shit to it, it becomes a video game. And so it's like, what, what do you, why are you playing a tabletop game? Or are you playing a digital game? Like at a certain point, like there is that like blurring, like digital aids can help a tabletop game, but like, what, at what point does one become the other? Right. So, I mean, yeah. just using, using screens to like move your, having a virtual table, actual virtual tabletop in real life. I played like that. It's fantastic because mm-hmm. the game master can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's still, you know, it's still like they're pre-prepared there. It's all kind of set forth mm-hmm. a little bit, but, and they could, but they can also go off script. It's easier. But anyway, yeah. that's, that's just my own particular, uh, sure, sure. that was like my first rant before I read the document and then, you know, see rant three and four, mm-hmm. <laughs> five back that way. Yeah. Okay. So getting to, uh, uh, my pate, the patron, uh, Nolan, shout out Nolan. He's been on the show. He's a good, good Yo, friend. Nolan. Yeah. Uh, he's like, so I've been thinking about what I wanted to know about the playtest material and all the seeming seems a bit bland. We know about some tinkering with character creation, car- canonizing stuff from Tasha's is good, but it not, doesn't really. It's mm-hmm. removing some of the racial essentialism. Essentialism. See previous arrangement where they didn't do that. Uh, <laughs> but the remainder reminds me seems to be like it's not too much in terms of game design like there's not much in here to change to come later in the play t- maybe uh later mm-hmm. in the play test the digital stuff seems like a big initiative for them but they're look, looking to do seems like the next steps should have been done way earlier uh mm-hmm. all this seems to be very safe and small c conservative boring plans mm-hmm. to move a ma- majorly valuable ip brand forward there's yeah. his rant uh what are your thoughts? Here's his first question. What are your thoughts about the marketing talk about D&D being beyond editions now? I'm skeptical. Yeah. 
um i think like it's a marketing it's yeah it's marketing like the thing is what's going to happen in five or ten years after this so 2029 2034 something like that people are going to be bored of one D D. they're going to have to do a new edition like they're just they like either that they can't abandon the ip like they they it's too valuable at this point right like they eventually like eventually people they're going to want a new rule set they're going to want a new edition it's going to get long in the tooth it's happened every single time before and so they'll be like oh yeah well there's uh ultra mega final dnd or it's six a dead <laughs> Or, or they're just gonna, or, or it's gonna be edition, first edition all over again. It's gonna, they're gonna come like the, the problem, like right now, they can promise whatever they want. It's like, what is it in five or 10 years? Like the thing, like they, they're gonna have to come with something because people are gonna get bored of it because that you just, any game you play, no matter how much you love, you get bored of it sooner or later. That is the nature of how we play games. So, um, it's just, um, yeah, it, it, it it's like you can't make D&D a forever subscription service. Um, like you have to change editions at some point. You have to make a major rules change just because. Yeah, right. The uh, I think this is all part of the we want to sell you a subscription. So the subscription mm -hmm. will go forever. Um, mm -hmm. But nothing pops. I guarantee you nothing pops like we're going to change this edition. Nothing mm -hmm. gets into the media like we're going to change the edition. Uh, 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 release number 75 of uh, revision 75 of your video game does get gets zero press except for on like the hardcore blogs where a new edition will hit the front page of like New York Times. It'll you know, it, it's a big deal, right? Something this big, it's going to hit everywhere. So there is no way that they're not going to change the name correct as as you said Ross mm -hmm. in 5 to 10 years. There's just yep. no no reason because there there's an arc to everything, right? There are people that are still playing first edition to this day, the same campaign 40 years later. Mm -hmm. Fine, but that's not the majority. The majority of people uh come and go like and then when that article hits the front page it's like, "Oh, I remember playing D&D, maybe I should get back into it," right? It's that cycle of getting back into people's brain spaces after they leave the space that mm -hmm. really has makes the big addition a new thing that really pops it. Uh, yeah, I'm completely skeptical. There's no fucking way ever, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Yeah. Uh, second question. What would each of you do if you magically found yourselves with the power to design your own 1D&D initiative to direct the future of the game? All right. So, um, you know, I think the way D I, I, I think like there's so many better ways to start people into role playing games. So like um, I think D&D &D can be a dense, intimidating game, especially if you give people a big fuck off like hardcover book, especially three hardcover books. And just like, go learn this. Um, so I think what I would do is break D&D &D down into sort of like modular systems. Like there would be a starter set, would be paperback, it would be maybe a box set. Like we we did back in the day, the red box or whatever. But like really focused on like, here's a type of character. You can customize them this way with like a checkbox of things. Um, and like you have to escape a dungeon. And it's like three levels of dungeon crawl. And then the thing is the build modular campaign and rule settings to explore how people want to play D&D. &D. So like instead of like I would 
entirely new settings. No more trading on nostalgia. No more just digging up dead campaign settings from TSR days. Like, geez, like let's have some original fucking ideas for once. Um, so, like, do like obviously there would be a horror setting, but it wouldn't be Ravenloft. But like, then there would be a setting that would be more interpersonal focused where it's about you know like the where it's more about role playing like going to a tavern meeting people and like relationships and stuff like that and really have it and like have rules to reflect that so more like you know monster hearts or thirsty sword lesbians or something like that's really like there's any rpgs that focus on like characterization and like having an in role playing as an interesting person role playing against other people um or then doing like an action dnd with very cinematic combat rules where fighters don't just swing a sword every day they do stunts and it's cool they get to describe swinging from chandeliers and like backflipping through enemies and doing the kind of stuff you see in movies like the, like the D&D movie even from the trailer we've seen like you can't do that stuff in a D&D game without house ruling a lot of shit like uh, well you can you, do it you just have to describe it and then you roll your die and do the thing you were you're just going to Well no you right? can't like a lot of like you can't do a backflip and stunt uh, jump off an orc's head and then like stun another and then like get to a higher lady like it's very much fighter hits enemy wizard cast spell that's it like the you there there's no it's not like feng shui or any number of like cinematic action systems and then do like a system that's really focused on tactical combat where everyone has to know they're like i love fourth edition my my biggest complaint with it is that it required everyone to actually learn the rules of the game which you know a lot of players they learn enough to make a character but they don't pay attention when it's not their turn in combat and like stuff like that and they're just there to hang out and have fun and like fourth edition required everyone to actually be kind of a war gamer to actually like know about teamwork and like focus firing enemies and stuff like that and like um so but have a version of DD that does that so i would have like new campaign settings each thematically focused on the types of games that people run and uh you know do a game of thrones one not literally but like intrigue not birthright but like <laughs> big army not yeah definitely not birthright um, but like where you build up an army you build up a kingdom or you're like and you're doing this back and forth stuff you know um like that's what i would do like focus on the kind of games people want to run and make it new ip stuff instead of just like harvesting the bones of dead campaign settings yes and and that was the, very much along some of the, my my thoughts the first thing mm -hmm. i would do is i would make a base book that had all three of the the uh, all three of the books condensed into one but i would not make them as dense as they are now like there's no reason mm -hmm. to need like give me rules to make treasure like give me a couple pages of treasure right the classic treasure and mm -hmm. then give me rules that are like a page long to make my own treasure right this is yeah. this is approximately it right uh give me like 10 pages of the classic monsters and that is the monsters manual all in one book the all the rules to play all the game master advice all of the monsters all in one book well like like even the monsters, like you don't even have to say like specific monsters. Like one thing that like 13th age and like yeah. Lancer's done is like minion, 
you know, one HP, like little dude, here's the big bruiser guy. Here's the standard soldier. Here is the spellcaster, And like their archetypes. And then like have 10 pages of archetypes of like basic rules in combat and say, you could describe it like these guys. You describe it like these guys. And then like, that's it. Like, yeah. So something like that. Yes. And, 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 you know, all the rules to make a character, all the, all the like, and you can, you can expand it later. Right. And, and, and have your monster's manual with more stuff in it. You, you I, I kind of think of it as like two lines after the base book. You have one base book. There's not three base books. There's one base book. Mm-hmm. That you have the line that is the new IPs, all new IPs. There's just like you were saying, no Ravenloft, no none of that, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have the D and D classics line that is the nostalgia plays, because nostalgia sells. It's a hell of a drug. I understand as a big company, I got to sell a lot of product. So, yeah. So it, I I agree with you that I would much prefer to see that, but. Even I get excited. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna do Planescape, cool!" Like you're never gonna do you're never gonna do Dark Sun again. I get yeah. that because that's an impossible thing to clean to the level that you don't get freaking roasted over an open fire for publishing it. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's a clearly anti-slavery setting, you got lots of slaves in it. So it's just not a thing. But you have, I have two lines. I have the line that is all new IP. All, and and start paying like for the, for the player's handbook or the, the initial book, I would hire like four artists to do all the art for that book. And I would have them do it. I would prefer it to be done by hand, but I understand that that's maybe not the way anybody does it anymore, but it always gives a good feel to a book. If you have a core central set of artists that kind of work together, that they're working together, they're in one place, whatever, all those old books felt cohesive. Cause even, even the shittier artists, like all felt like they were in the same universe. Oh, uh, okay. You want a consistent art direction. I want a consistent art direction. Okay. Yeah, but yeah. I also don't want it to be just like I went on Fiverr and got another churn the crank. Uh, I want some like real yeah. voices to like Brom, like Easley, yeah, like, yeah. all those guys back in the day, right? Um, I'd, I'd like that. Um, I would make it so that, yeah, I'd sell a PDF because I know I'm going to. Uh, I know I'm going to see them out on the internet. Like you cannot stop the internet from scanning the book. I'm going to sell a PDF. I'm Mm -hmm. going to sell every single one of them. I'm going to sell a PDF by itself. I'm going to sell it. You're going to get the book and you're going to open it. You're going to get code. You're going to log into the, I'm going to get your email address and then you're going to get a PDF. That's just industry standard. And I think that's the way to do it. It just, it feels so good and so right. Why wouldn't you do it? Mm-hmm. Um, I would also maybe have in my uh, arc of new IPs, I would maybe have a meta plot. Whoa. So like, okay. All so right. Like going, a meta plot that you, you have to dig to find it. Okay. All right. Because then the hardcore, see the problem with what we're talking about is, removing a lot of the crunch and a lot of depth, uh-huh, uh-huh. right? 
Yeah. But giving those players that love to find the dig, uh-huh. giving them a meta plot. Do, okay. But don't whiff it like White Wolf did in the 90s. Uh, yeah? yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a tightrope. Do, do a meta plot, but not like White Wolf. Okay. Yeah. No. yeah. Right. Not like, uh, you know, we, you already kind of have an implied universe that's this planescape, this sure. expanding universe, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Multiverse kind of Multiverse. Thing, yeah. So, like, yeah. and, and you can even ha- where you can really show that off is in your mm-hmm. DD Adventures League. Sure. You can really. Every time the new setting comes out, then like, wait, didn't I meet that guy on that plane back there as a different character? Like oh, you start, yeah. put, you start putting right. that stuff together and, you know, just, and then you can use some of that nostalgia. You can even yeah, cross yeah, some yeah. of the nostalgia back across. Right. And yeah. that's what I would probably do is I would probably uh, borrow heavily and, or the game designers I would hire to do the first edition would be like some of these innovative indie designers, I would probably get rid of like 90% of who's doing it right now. If I'm doing a new, new edition, I'm hiring mm-hmm. new develop developers mm-hmm. and I'm going to have a, 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 a huge fan as a, as a, that knows the taste of Dean, like, like the judge says, I know porn when I see it. Okay. Uh, right. And I'm going right. to, I'm going to have new developers and I'm going to come up with new ideas and I'm probably going to fail completely because it's not D and D. But I mean, uh, <laughs> I, 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 you know what? Fuck it. I'm, in, I'm all in. Yeah, let's do a meta plot for D and D. Yeah, the, I love it. Like, because you, you got gods, right? You can reappear yeah. with gods. Mm-hmm. You can have gods doing weird things. Sure. You can basically yeah. do like a big, like we're going to do a new edition yeah. in two years. Next year we're coming out with Ragnarok or whatever Gehenna yeah, or whatever, yeah, yeah. right? We're yeah, gonna, yeah. this is the last setting for this. And let's, we're gonna... let's do Gehenna for D and D. Yeah, I mean they kind of did that at the end of second edition. They did, They're... but no one yeah, paid yeah. any attention to it. It's true. <laughs> they did have Die Vecna Die. I did read that module. I need to right. Should we read that for a podcast? Um, yeah, yeah. No, it was yeah. Uh, no, I'm here for it. I but yeah. Fuck it. Let's do it. Do a metal plot for D and D. Also, um, also, I'd yeah. probably only have you go up to level. 10 like dcc but that's 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 like, a good yeah i mean uh 13th age does that too yes um 13th yeah, age so. is probably my favorite version of fourth edition so <laughs> yeah um um i've had a lot of fun with 13th age um i i did yeah um and they they've certainly released some good stuff of like the eyes of the stone thief and uh oh yeah like no the yeah. the one the one unique thing i would steal that all day long if i was oh, doing, yeah, yeah, doing yeah. D, i would steal the one unique Such, thing yeah yeah and yeah, that yeah. would be my like background level thing mm-hmm. right i yeah. to me like the the skill system and the one unique thing are so brilliant in that game that not stealing them is sort of a crime really uh in some ways uh so that's what i would do is i would mm-hmm. basically have two lines I would have new stuff. It would be mm-hmm. all new. It would have it have bright, shiny new artists that that like back in the day. I read through the the history of TSR and all that stuff and how they had oh, these yeah. ama- fa- accidentally find these amazing artists, but shove them all mm-hmm. in one spot and they're all mm-hmm. working together and all they're all vibing off each other and doing all this crazy shit, jumping yeah. off of roofs and all this other crazy crap that you could only do when cocaine was the king and. <laughs> And it's spoiled to you. Uh, cocaine's still around, man. <laughs> sure, but it's you know, it's it's yeah, now yeah. sleeping. No, no worries. Anyways, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. but that sort of like 
energy is what I feel like a new edition needs. It needs something that isn't just, okay, just like you were saying, we don't need three, three point five. We don't need fifth edition again. We don't need fourth edition again. Actually, what I thought was going to piss everybody off is like, oh, we're redoing fourth. We're just going to take fourth edition. I love it. I love it. I know you would, but there's a bunch of people that would be just completely pissed off again. Yeah, well, but they're all wrong. Who cares? (laughs) Right. And I'd also do an SRD because just just do the SRD and maybe an Mm -hmm. OGL license. I mean, that was that was one of the reasons why fourth edition didn't get catch on is because they removed the OGL and they made it like the GSL. Like right. people did not like that. Yeah. Um it, it would be a very I think it'd be the D D be very differently if they just OGL fourth edition like they did with third. Yeah, quite possibly. Um, but yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know because yeah, who knows? Just playing the base that, that playing the base yeah, game yeah. kind of turned me off. So I I totally get that. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um so that's that's what I would do. Sure. And and I think that that is kind of where where I think it should head, but like I, you know, we've got all the same people working on it that's been mm-hmm. employed, and I, I like, you know, no, Mike Morales is gone. Uh, the head developer is a guy named Ray Winager, I believe, who uh, I actually have one of his RPGs from the '90s called Underground, which mm-hmm. is actually a pretty cool game. Uh, it's about being like a um, corporate super soldier who is brainwashed to think he was a superhero and being like after the war, corporate wars, he's thrown back onto the streets as a homeless super soldier oh, right, right. veteran. Yeah, yeah, I and think I've heard of it. I've heard of this game. It's got a really cool art style. And, it's a very comic uh, art style. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. but like very nineties edge lordy. Yeah, with all the pockets and muscles mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah, I very, think, very love them. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's but uh, Chris Perkins is still there couple other people yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris reckon, Perkins, yeah he worked on wrecking, this, yeah. wrecking but anyways yeah so just just kind of take those people and just just give some new people a chance yeah like yeah couldn't do any worse right exactly so all right thank you very much ross uh yeah i really appreciate your uh you coming on and and talking it was really uh, not the, I got the fan off, so it's extra warm in here because I've been like just gyrating and and, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. firing off. So <laughs> yeah, getting toasty. Yeah, same here. Um, yeah. Uh, also, I have a Twitter account at uh, uh, Ross Payton. If you want to message me for uh, saying how wrong I am about fourth edition, I'd be happy to talk yeah, about that. Yeah, get uh, at him yeah. about fourth edition. Don't talk to me about it. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, right. I will. I you you send me some links. I'll put them in the in the show notes. Okay. Uh, we'll, we'll, a list of, or your link tree, probably your link tree, I bet, <laughs> or, or your, your Twitter, wherever you, wherever your site or whatever, we can, we can link yeah, that yeah, up yeah. and people can find Ross because Ross is an interesting guy. You want to like check hey. out some of the things I'm definitely, I did not know you had a, a, a vaporwave uh, podcast, so I'm going to have to subscribe yeah, to yeah. that next. So <laughs> Nate Clerk radio, uh, deck up. Yeah. Um, so. Very cool. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, Ross, for uh, joining us. Uh, now we're going to do a little business. Uh, first, I was sent a review from what from the one and only Sadaka. He says, role-playing game podcast. Great podcast for thoughtful takes on current RPG community. RBK, that's me. And the crew, you know who you are. You're all the best crew in the, in the in, on the road. Bring a lot of heart and passion to share the fun and relevant 
the and diverse topics. Check them out for insights in noir, grimdark, OSR, cutting edge gameplay discussions, which is what I think we had today. Because while it's been a minute since the document comes out, and but there was still some things I had not learned, and I hope you learned something today too. I really appreciate uh, the patrons. They are helping keep this show on the air. Uh, I really appreciate their dedication to the cause. And I understand, as I've had somewhat, you know, inflation has affected me too, uh, that financial times are hard. So I understand if you got to go. But uh, drop the old RBK line if you do, if you need to. Uh, and uh, we're gonna. I, I put on a new T-shirt called "Let Them Fight." It's an old etching I found in a Creative Commons. Put Full Metal RPG across it. Check out the merch store, Full Metal RPG link uh, link tree below. Uh, it's a pretty cool uh, old uh, old school etching from about 300, 200 years ago. <laughs> um, yeah, so I really, really have been in a mood this week. So this was a great time. I had a great time recording this. Right.